0: Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. When I sat down to start writing this sermon, I started thinking about sea glass. I have a sea glass thing in my living room. It's probably supposed to be some kind of wind chime. It's pretty, and I love it. But I started thinking about how nature takes something broken, heals it, in its own way, makes it into something different. We're sitting here today, just a few weeks after nature tried to blow us all away. We've all spent time cleaning up or watching cleanups. We're all ship's companions, the kindred pilgrim souls of the song, on our own beautiful and slightly battered. Blue Boat Home. And I love the fact that when UU folk singer Peter Mayer wrote that song in 2002, he used the word boat. I want you to think about that for a second boat, not ship. A ship is big and solid, right? You get on a ship and you expect the entire rest of the crews to be there. Ships are big, boats are flimsy. They're built smaller, more fragile. Boats require almost constant attention. We man the oars and we bail and we sit shoulder to shoulder on board seats. And we always risk tipping over. Some of you who've done more sailing than others recognize that a boat can be a hazardous place if someone decides to behave like a clown. Our boat can shatter like that bottle carelessly tossed into the ocean that becomes that sea glass. Boats can sink. If we want to steer our boat, our planet, safely through the sea of the universe, we have to sail safely and responsibly. We have to bail the boat before it does sink because we are all in this together. And our boat, our planet, is definitely worth keeping afloat. Way back in 1859, Henry David Thoreau wrote in his journal, What we call wilderness is a civilization other than our own. In his classic book, Walden, speaking about the ties between people and nature, he said, Our village life would stagnate if it were not for the unexplored forest and meadows which surround it. And he added, we need the tonic of wilderness. We need the tonic of wildness. To wade sometimes in marshes where the bittern and meadow hen lurk and hear the booming of the snipe, to smell the whispering sedge, where only some wilder and more solitary fowl builds her nest and the mink crawls on its belly close to the ground. Thoreau got ignored, for the most part, during his lifetime. But he's now praised as one of the nation's most powerful voices for the environment. In wildness, he says, is the preservation of the world. He helped shape the thinking of modern-day environmentalists. He was a naturalist and a social reformer, a poet and a philosopher, a transcendentalist and the friend of Unitarian William Ellery Channing. In a river, he found the flow of eternity. Climbing a mountain, he felt his spirit move closer to something ultimate. I believe in the forest and in the meadows and in the night in which the corn grows. In nature, he saw the divine rather than in some exterior something. He said, heaven's under our feet as well as over our heads, As a high school student, now I read through. I was forced to read through. I imagine some of you were too. And my response was less than brilliant. After reading Walden, I recall that my response was something like, cool, followed by, what's for lunch? As Cartman says in the adult cartoon series South Park, this was tree-hugging hippie crap. (laughs) And I wasn't about to go hug a tree. It just wasn't me. And then I went down to Lake Cumberland in south-central Kentucky. For the first time, I got to see water that was so clear that you could see fish swimming 12 to 20 feet down with almost no distortion. I went there to eastern Kentucky to work on a mountain near the Red River Gorge. It was the first time in my life I got to drink water directly from a creek without worrying about having to spend a week in bed being sick afterwards. I went cave diving. I tried rock climbing. I stopped to smell the woods And I learned about the cucumber smell of snakes and the unbelievable odor of acres of honeysuckle. I fell in love with that nature. You don't have to travel far from here to get to the good stuff. Casperson Beach, the rocks, the sound of the water, the Everglades... All the little ponds and lakes, all beautiful in their own way. The incredible smell of the ground here after a rain. The roll of the ocean right at sunset. These are the wild spaces. The pure spaces that call something deep inside of us. You don't have to be Thoreau to see the divine there, the ultimate there. Something in nature calls us to transcend ourselves, to step out of isolation and take our place in that web of life. As Unitarian Universalists, we have to ask What is that larger thing? What is the planet to us, and how do we relate to it? Does it matter? We believe in an interdependent web of existence. It's pretty self evident. We recognize the spiritual teachings of Earth centered traditions. I've spoken to a lot of people who recognize in deep and fundamental ways that the Earth is more than scenery. Our whole planet these days isn't feeling too well. Many of the protected, beautiful spaces are still around and doing fine, but there's damage. About 10 years ago, I went back to Lake Cumberland. And for those of you familiar with the area, it was when they were lowering the level to work on the dam a little bit. Garbage was everywhere along a lot of the shoreline and piled up in the coves. The water level was very low, and the main channel was a muddy mess, and there was star foam all over. In eastern Kentucky, the stream that I had drunk from was still there, but I got warned by friends who owned the property it's not real safe to drink from anymore. The problems aren't just local, though. They're not just in the south or in the north. The water around Greece is still pure and blue, in Alberta, Canada, the mountains are still glorious. But in the North Pacific Ocean, there's a floating mess of plastic garbage. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It even has a name, it's so big. NOAA's Marine Debris Program can't accurately estimate the size completely, but they think it's the size of Texas. Yeah. If you ever watch video on it, it's unbelievable. It's about three meters of garbage bobbing along. They've got some video out there of of some folks diving through it in full wetsuits because they don't want it touching them particularly. Eighty percent of the plastics in the patch have been washed from land. The Amazon rainforest, the lungs of our planet, They were once 14% of our land mass. They're down to less than 6%. There are lots of stories like that. Our our boat's gotten a little battered. So what do we do? Well, the good news is we can start right here, right now. We can start small. During the beginning of the pandemic, we proved that nature will heal. Some of you may have seen the canals in Venice after a month without people crystal clear with fish coming back to them. It's amazing. Nature heals, and it heals quickly. We can try to work with our planet as a living piece of the web rather than as something big and round we kind of stand on. We can change the way we think about the boat. And like I said to the kids this morning, this is not always easy because we know how to interact with people. Don't kill, don't steal, don't randomly hit people. If we drove by a woman standing on the side of the road with a broken down car, almost 100% of us would have similar, not the same, but similar responses. We might handle it differently. Some of us will drive by and go call for help. Some of us will pull over and stop. Some of us will drive to the next police station and get help. Some of us might just drive by and look over here and pretend we don't see her. But almost none of us will aim our car for her and try to take her out. <laughs> we understand that there is a social contract, that you don't do that, right? Our relationship to the planet, though, we're not as good about. It's not as clear-cut. It's a challenge to be in right relationship with something that can't talk back easily and that you're standing on. But the earth is a system. Now, some of you may know this. In the 70s, a chemist named James Lovelock and a microbiologist named Lynn Margulies, they introduced something that came to be known as the Gaia theory. They proposed that everything on the planet, all the organisms, all the critters, all the greenery, all the inorganic surroundings to the earth, they form a single and self-regulating complex system Maintaining the conditions for life on the planet. 21 years ago, a thousand scientists in the European Geophysical Union, they signed a declaration that started with the statement, the Earth system behaves as a single self-regulating system with physical, chemical, biological, and human components. In 2005, the Ecological Society of America invited Lovelock to join their fellowship, and in 2006, the Geological Society of London awarded him with the Wollstone Medal for his work on the Gaia theory. The web is real. It's not just a construct. Our planet and everything in it, including us, are part of one big critter, one big system one big creation and each of us gets to decide how to be in right relation with the system with the planet the inhabitants the boat and all the other rowers we get to determine how much to bail and how much to bless and how much to talk we have to realize that bailing has to happen we got to do the things And if we're not willing to do it, the system will continue to get damaged, and the boat really may tip us out. (coughs) Once we figure out our personal relationship to the planet and think about the global impacts of the current damage, we can turn back to ourselves and our lives and ask, how do we do what is right How do we cross into our own personal borderlands, places where we're called to live out our beliefs and be transformed? How do we really, really come to recognize we're part of a web, and what does that mean for how do we live? Let's face it, we're you, you. We can come up with a lot of good choices about how to live. We can increase our recycling, we can turn off more lights, we can lower the heat or raise the air conditioning, we can take the bus... We can throw away less, reuse more. We can eat locally. This is stuff you're already doing. We can transform our understanding of the planet under us and recognize it for the living presence it is. We can live our values, and even perhaps sacrifice both time and convenience to demonstrate our commitment to the web. We can pick up our buckets and bail as hard as possible. So I've got my bucket. What about you? Peace, blessings, and happy bailing.